Hey, what's going on everyone? <clears throat> Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Uh, today we're studying Daf Tes Vav of Masechta Shabbos. Mm, and it's actually a uh, rainy evening over here. No, we're not studying Daf Tes Vav. We already studied tes, Daf Tes Vav. We're studying Daf Tes Zion. Sorry about that. We're studying Daf Tes Zion of Masechta uh, Shabbos. It's a rainy evening here in the holy city of Jerusalem, uh, so you may hear some background enhancements, um, but that's good. Rain is a blessing, right? As we know from the story of Chonia uh, Me'agel. Anyways, today we're going to continue um, to expound upon that brisa from um, those different zugos, starting with the second part of uh, Yossi ben Yoezer Ish Tzreda and Yossi ben Yochanan Ish Yerushalayim's uh, Gezerah of that clay uh, matech, that um, glass is Makabal We're then going to move on to um, Shem Ben Shatach's statement about uh, metal Kalim becoming Tameh. We're going to analyze that. So, yeah, more kind of Tumah and Tarahi kind of stuff. But I hope you all enjoy. Let's do this. We are going to start on Dav Tesvav Amud about, I don't know, 10 lines from the bottom. Klez Chuchis. My Tamagazubu Rabbanan Tuma. So how come, so I'm gonna once again call the, the Yossi Ben Yoezer Ishtreda and Yossi Ben Yochanan Ishtreda Shalaim. I'm going to call them Yossi Viyossi. It avoids the mouthful. So how come Yossi Viyossi decided that, um, Glass should become tummy. If midoraisa glass uh, is not makabotoma, how come they felt the need to make this gezerah? So Amr Byochanan Amrish Lakish, Hol Uschilas Briasan Minachol Shavinu Abanan Kikhleicheres. So Rabyochanan Oh that's interesting. Okay, so there's a letter here, I just thought of this, but there's a letter here that says that there are certain texts that don't have Rabbi Yochanan. And now that I'm actually like, you know, saying it, it actually makes sense. Um, because I don't think it really make, makes sense for Rabbi Yochanan to say in the name of Reish Lakish. Like, Reish Lakish was Rabbi Yochanan's Chavrusa, um, and technically even his student. Like, I don't know, you, you, it just, usually it's like a student quoting their teacher. Okay, fine. So I'm Reish Lakish, says Reish Lakish, since, um, glass, starts out as sand and it is constructed into glass from sand so the rabbis um made it similar to um earthenware objects which are makabel tuma but the gemara says elameata but then lo loin tara well okay it's very nice to say that glass should become tame like earthenware well then it should really become tame like earthenware and just like earthenware you can't put in the mikveh. It becomes tame. You can't put it in the mikveh. You just got to shatter it and break it. Well, then glass also say the same thing. If glass becomes tame, you have to break it in order for to for the tumah to go away. But why do we have a mishnah that says that the following things make a chatzitza when it comes to kalim? What is a chatzitza? Chatzitza means that when something goes into the mikveh, um, there can't be any separations. Okay, and what's considered as a separation is something that um, you would be mockbid to remove, right? So let's say you have like a sticker on there, right? And you're not going to want 
that sticker to be on there forever, so you should take it off before you put it in the mikvah. So what things are going to be, so the following things are going to be a chatzitza, a separation um, on vessels when they go to the mikvah. Hazefes ve'amor, pitch and myrrh. Bichlez chuches, and that is for glass objects. So if you are putting a glass object in the mikveh, make sure that there is no pitch or myrrh on it. So new, so what do we see? We see that glass can in fact go in the mikveh. So, you know, if we're saying that they become tame because they're like earthenware, well, earthenware doesn't go in the mikveh. So why would we be putting this glass in the mikveh? So the Gemara answers, here in this Mishnah, when we say that we're putting glass in the mikveh, what are we talking about? It's talking about where, yeah, you had a vessel that was made out of glass, okay? It became tame. So what did you do? You put a big hole in it, okay? So to make it um, unusable, okay? So at that point, it's no longer considered a kli, and it loses its 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 status of tuma. And then what you do is you fill in this hole that you made with lead, and lead is metal. And metal is makabal tumah. And therefore, by basically fixing it with metal, you're basically making it into a metal kli. You're basically making it. It's no longer considered a glass kli. It's considered a metal kli. And since it's considered a metal kli at this point, so then it can go in the mikvah. And the mission is saying that if there was any, I guess, pitch or myrrh on the glass of this kli, on the glass part of this kli, you would have to remove that. Rabbi Meir, and this mission is Rabbi Meir, that everything goes based, at, based, you know, goes after the thing that is like ma'amid um, it, that is, uh, I don't know, standing it, giving it its, uh, I don't know, how do you define ma'amid? I don't know, give it, gives it its structure, structure, I feel like is technically probably the best word. So over here, it's the metal that is basically fixing and, and making this, this kli into a kli, so therefore it's considered a metal kli, and that's why we're putting it in the mikvah. That if you have glass kalim, that you put a big gaping hole in it so that it would lose its um, tumah and then you fill that gaping hole with lead. So Amar Rabbi Shim Ben Gamliel, so it says Rabbi Shim Ben Gamliel, So Rabbi Meir says that this kli is now Tameh. Why is this kli Tameh? Because when it was glass, it was Tameh. You then put a hole in it and it became tower. But then you filled it in with metal and you made it into a metal kli. And as we're going to learn today, we're actually going to discuss this a few times today, there is something called right? going back to the original tuma. And therefore, when it comes to metal kalim, if you take a, a, a metal kli that is tamen, you put a big hole in it, you, you make it unusable, okay? So then it loses the name of a kli on it because it's not, it's not a vessel. A vessel needs to be usable. So it's not a vessel anymore. So it's tower. If you then fix that metal kli and now you make it usable once again, let's say you, you know, melt it down and you make it usable again. So the tumor goes right back and you'd have to put it in the mikvah and then the, then the tumor goes away. So we're saying that even though this vessel started out as a glass vessel, since you filled in that hole that you made with metal, you basically made it into a metal vessel, and metal vessels have this concept of chose the tuma yishana, and therefore um, the tuma that was there initially when it was a glass kli comes right back now that it's a metal kli.
Um, okay, fine. The Chacham say it's tar because no, once, once you broke it, uh, you broke it and we're not going to say that it comes back uh, when you put, I guess that, that, that they say that we don't necessarily go after the Ma'amid and uh, I guess it wouldn't be considered a, a, a metal vessel. Okay? Very fancy. It would be considered glass and it would be considered broken. Okay. Okay. Good Gishmaka stuff. Fine. So what do we see, friends? So what do we see? So we see that um, the Chacham said that glass vessels can uh, contract tumah uh, as a gezerah because of earthenware vessels since both of them may, are made from earth, right? Or in, by glass is made from sand. And then we asked, I, but then it shouldn't be able to go to the mikvah. And they said, yeah, you're right. We don't put glass in the mikvah. There's one opinion, so Mary's opinion that, you know, if you had a, a glass that was tummy and then you made it basically unusable as a glass clean and then filled it with metal, it becomes a metal clean. The metal clean is what's going in the mikvah, but not the glass clean. The glass key wouldn't be able to go to the mikvah. Okay, next question. If it's true that this glass vessel is tummy because we treat it like an earthenware vessel, well, earthenware vessels do not become tummy from the outside. Okay, let's say you had a pot made out of uh, clay. Okay? If a dead sheritz touches the outside of that pot, that pot remains tahor. That pot remains tahor. However, if that dead sheritz, you even dangle it inside of the kli, as we're going to talk about in a second, if you dangle it inside of this pot, well then the pot, right, a plant pot or whatever, let's say, you know, a clay plant pot. So this plant pot will now become tame from the inside, right, once you once you dangle a, a, a dead sheritz into it. But uh, if the dead sheritz touches the outside of the kli, it remains tahor. So, so, if we're saying that a glass vessel is able to be makabotoma because uh, it's like an earthenware vessel. Well, then, if you if a dead sheritz were to touch the outside of the glass vessel, the glass should remain tahor; it shouldn't contract tuma. But alamatanan, why do we have a mishnah that says that vessels made out of earthenware and vessels made out of um, natron, I don't know what that is, Tum'asan Shave, they have the same halachos of Tum'ah. What are those halachos? Mitamin umitamin me'avirein, that they contract Tum'ah and they also um, give Tum'ah from their avir, from their air, from their insides. So as I was explaining a minute ago, if you were to take a clay plant pot and you were to take a dead sheritz and, uh, and, and, you know, just kind of, uh, what's it called? Like dangle it inside this plant pot. This plant pot will become tame. Now, if you then take epis, a, so now, so now a, a dead sheritz is an avatoma. If you dangle it inside of this, uh, clay plant pot, the clay plant pot becomes a rishonatoma. If you then take Epis uh, a carrot and you dangle the carrot in the clay plant pot, that carrot will become a shani latuma. So the pot can become tame from its air and it can also give off tuma to other things from its air. Okay. Umitam and I don't know. I, I don't really understand this. I mean, I understand it, I think, but it seems like a little weird. Basically, if you have a, a, a clay, um, 
that's earthenware and it's got some kind of bottom compartment and some kind of uh, tuma gets in from the bottom, uh, so it will be mitame the kli. Okay. Uh, and they do not become tame from the outside. Okay, as we explained, right? If a dead chariot would touch the outside of it, it would remain tower. And both by clay, uh, by earthenware kalim and by, um, natrin kalim, uh, if you, br- if they're tamen, you break them, well, then they become tahor. Okay. Now the Gemara says, Clay nesa uchle lo. So the Gemara asks the kashta, and the kasha is that, so we see that, that, that earthenware is similar only to natrin kalim, but glass would be in a different league. And therefore, if a dead sheretz were to touch the outside of the glass, the glass would become tame. So don't tell me that glass is makabal tuma because we compare it to earthenware. That can't be because earthenware does not contract tuma from the, its outside, yet uh, glass does. So the Gemara says, you know what? You know what? The Gemara flips it around. They say, you know what? Forget it. Forget the analogy to earthenware. Rather, since if you um, break a glass vessel, you could then melt it down, I guess. I don't know that much about glass, but I know that you make it in like really, really hot furnaces. So I guess if you like make it, break it down to its components again, you can reconstruct it into a new glass item. So therefore, it's actually more similar to metal where you can do the same thing. You can, I guess, you know, re- reheat the metal and make it into a new kli. And therefore, you know, forget about the earthenware analogy. Actually, glass becomes tame because it's compared to metal. It's more similar to metal and metal can become tame. But then the Gemara says, if that's the case, then yashana. As we alluded to earlier. If that's the case, well then, by metal, if you have a, 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 some kind of a clee, let's say you have a metal cup, I don't know, you have some kind of a clee made out of metal, and that clee contracts tuma, so you then break the clee, you put a, put a big hole in the clee, so that it's unusable, so it becomes taller again. If you then fix the clee, and make it usable again, well the tuma will come right back. Well, if that's the case, well, then the same should apply to a glass clee. Okay? So, let me ask the answer to Tumas and Yushan, So, it's not, as we learned in the Mishnah, Klematechos, that when it comes to metal vessels, Pshutein umikablein mitamen. Uh, tmein. Okay, so when it comes to Kalim, there are, there are two general types of Kalim, okay? There's pshute kalim, and then there's um, kalim that have a base keyboard. So a, a pshute klematechos would basically be just a, a slab of metal, it, it, right? It doesn't have a base keyboard, it doesn't have a receptacle, right? It's just a slab of metal. So that would be pshute klematechos. Whereas mikablein uh, would be a kli that has a base keyboard. A base keyboard is a place, uh, you know, a part to be able to accept something. So for example, like a spoon. A spoon has a, a base keyboard where the soup goes in, you know, and, and it holds it like that. Or at a cup, 
clearly can hold content, but just like a slab of metal would just be a pshute klematecho. So we say that by metal, um, even just a, a, a just a flat slab of metal is able to be makabotuma, as well as a a a a a, a kli that has a base kibul. Nishburu tahor. If you then break this kli that is tame and is made of metal, it becomes tahor. If you then go back and reconstruct it into a kli, maybe by burning it, by, by, by heating it up, so then it goes back to its initial status of tuma. You would have to then put it in a mikvah, and by putting it in the mikvah, then, then it could become tahor. Okay? But what do we learn by glass? Clay eats, clay or clay eats, and clay zchuches. Vessels made out of wood, vessels made out of um, leather, vessels made out of bone, and vessels made out of glass. Pshutein tehorin. They're sort of just kind of flat kalim without some kind of receptacle. Would be tahor. They would not be makabotuma. However, if they have a receptacle, if they have a base kibul, so then they would be able to be makabal tuma. Nishbiru, if these vessels broke, well then, um, taharu, well then they become tar because they don't, they're no longer a kli, they're no longer a vessel. If you then, once you broke these kalim, reconstruct them into uh, uh, new vessels. So then they can contract Tumah from now and going forward. But they don't Mimela get back their Tumah that they had before. They're Tahor right now. So therefore, one of those four um, types of vessels was glass. And we're saying that if you take glass and you br- and it's Tameh and you break it and then you reconstruct it into a new Kli, we're saying it's Tahor. As the Gemara says, Mikanu lahaba in lemafreyelo that from now on, if it becomes Tameh, it will, it will be Tameh. But we don't say that retroactively it gets back its Tumah that it had before. So if we're going to say that glass is compared, that cla- glass vessels are compared to metal vessels, well then just like metal vessels is Choser Litumason Hayushana, well then the same thing should apply to glass, yet we see from the Mishnah that it does not. So the Gemara answers, Tumas Klei Zchuchiz well, glass becoming tame is only midirabanan, as we see that it was enacted by Yosi Viosi. Vituma Yishana Dirabanan. And the whole concept of Tuma coming back when you when you when you make the broken kli back into a, a, a new kli, that's only midirabanan that the tuma comes back. And therefore, Bituma de Oraisa Achisubarabanan. Tuma. That by um, Tuma de Oraisa, such as Klematechos, so the Rabbanan made their Gezerah that it should be Choser the Tumasan Ayushana. However, Bituma de Rabbanan, however, by the Rabbanan Tuma, such as glass, Lo Achisu the Rabbanan Tuma, the Rabbanan did not say, and when you break them and reconstruct them, then they're going to go back to the Tuma Yushana. They didn't make the gzera by 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 tuma. They only made the gzera by things that are tamei mido oraisa, such as klematechos. Okay, so we're still going with the with the version or with the approach that 
glass contracts tumah, clay's chuches can uh, contract tumah because they're similar to metal and that you can melt them and reconstruct them. Um, okay, well then why doesn't glass, why isn't it chuzu tumason arishon, ayishana? That's because the concept of chuzim, the tumah arishon, ayishana, is only midrabanan, and the tumah of glass is midrabanan. Dirabanan did not make their gezerah by dirabanans, only by the oraisa, such as metal kalim. Fract the Gemara. Shutein mia litame. But one second. If we're comparing, um, glass kalim to metal kalim, well then just like metal kalim, right, even just a, a, a metal kli that doesn't have a base kibo, a pshute klei mateches, are makabal So then pshute klei zchuches should also be makabal tuma. Because the fact that Pshute Kle Matechos or Makabutuma is Mida Oraisa. So even though we said that the concept of Chose Letuma Yishana doesn't apply to Kle Matechos because Chose Letuma Yishana is only Mida Abanan. I'm sorry, I made a mistake there. I said Kle Matechos, I meant to say Kle Zchuchis. Even though we say that, that Chose Letuma Yishana doesn't apply to Kle Zchuchis. Because clay because tuma yishana is only midrab banan. Therefore, we're not going to apply it to clay zchuches, which is only tuma midrab banan. However, the fact that pshute clay matechos or makabel tuma is midoraisa. Therefore, that should apply to clay zchuches. So the Gemara answers, Avdi burabanan akera keichid lolisa falayu chuma v'kachim. So the Gemara answers that you're right in principle, but the Rabbanan wanted to make a hecker to make it clear that the tumah of glass objects is only midrabbanan, right? Because you might think that, well, this glass object is, is tame, and therefore if it touches um, truma, I should have to burn the truma. But you shouldn't have to burn the truma because tuma drabbanan, you're not going to burn truma over tuma drabbanan except for the six cases that we mentioned yesterday. Right, the base of pras and the uh, dirt from chutzlarts, etc. But other than that, we're not going to burn truma over tuma derabanan, and therefore they wanted to make a distinction between the tuma of glass and the tuma of metal. So they said that pshute clay zechuches, right, um, is not going to be makabel tuma. Ravashi Yomar leolam lechecheres damu. So Vashi wants to go back to our initial Mahalach and say actually that glass vessels are similar to earthenware. Because they both come from the ground, right? Or they're both made out of, out of earth. But then what about the kasha that we asked earlier? That if, that if glass is similar to clay, um, uh, um, um, well, then, if a sheretz touches the outside of the glass, then it should remain tahor. But why? But, but, but we say that it becomes tamit. So, whole veneer tocho kivaro. Oh. So, the Gemara answers that actually glass is unique and that's, it's, it's translucent, it's see-through. And because you could, it's clear, you could see right through it. So, says Rashi, lo choshiv gav elatoch. The outside of it isn't actually considered the outside, it's considered the inside, because it's transparent, you can see right through it. So, so, so that is why glass kalim 
uh, are Makabal Tumor from the outside, even though they are compared to earthenware Kalim. Shimon ben Shatach Tiken Ksuba Leisha. Oh. So Shimon ben Shatach, okay, moving on in that Brysa with the Takanas of the Zugos. So Shimon ben Shatach, although without his counterpart, Yehuda ben Tabai, but Shimon ben Shatach alone, he said that um, a, a husband's property is Mishubad to uh, his wife's Ksuba. So if they get divorced and he doesn't have cash to pay the Ksuba, so then they take it out of his um, property, okay? Because with Tumah Klematechos, and he made a Gezerah of Tumah for metal Kalim. So now, obviously, the question is, we've just spent a bunch of time discussing how metal is Mechabal Tumah Midor Araisa. So what does it mean that Shimon ben Shatach made a Gezerah of Tumah for metal Kalim? So Klematechos Midor Araisa Ninu. Tichsev, as the Pazuk says, Achas Azov Vesakesev Vigomer. Oh, so what does the Pasuk say? Okay. Great. I guess presumably that's in the context of Tumah. Hmm. How did I not look that up earlier? But in any event, I guess we see that Midor Raisa and metal is Makabel Tumah. So what does it mean that Shum ben Shatach made a Gezerah about, you know, or Takana about um, Tumah for metal? Oh. So this Tuma Yishana thing that we've been talking about, we said a second ago that Tuma Yishana is Midrabanan, right? It's Midrabanan because of our friend Shim ben Shatach. Because Shim ben Shatach is the one who said that, um, that, um, Klei Matechos are Chosros Tuma Yishana. That is the gzera that he made by, 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 by Tuma of metal. Dom reviewed on Marav, oh, it says reviewed in the name of Rav. Maise b'shaltzion amalka. There was a story with the queen Shaltzion. Now, Shum ben Shatach's sister, as we learned in Mesechta Brachos, um, I don't remember the exact daf, maybe like daf Memtes or Nun or something. So, 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 so Shim ben Shatach's uh, sister was the wife of Yanai the king. So I wonder if Shaltzion was his sister. But in any event, there was a queen Shaltzion. She also saw Mishta, Livna. And she made a party for her son. Vinidmu Kokelel. And all of her um, dishes became Tame. Because I guess there was a mace in the house. There was a, there was a corpse in the house. They all contracted Tumasa mace. All, all, all the, um, um, dishes contracted Tumas Ames. So they became Tame. I guess they were an Avatum or whatever it is. So now the way that for them to become Tahor would be that they would have to go into quarantine for seven days. I guess with everything that's going on these days, seven days is, uh, getting off easy. Right? Right? Minimum quarantine these days is, uh, 14 days. In any event, um, um, but yeah, you gotta put these dishes in quarantine. For seven days, on day three and on day seven, they have to sprinkle uh, a water that's mixed with the ashes of the paraduma. Okay, a headache in short. So you know what she did? You know what she did? Vishibartan. So instead of you know having this whole tara process with paraduma and seven day quarantine, she just smashed all the dishes. Unisanatan litzorev. And then she gave them to a smith. And 
and he um 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 what's that called when you like he welded them into new um dishes easy fix well not that easy but you know it's definitely a quicker fix right so rather than waiting seven days she just broke everything made them taller and then she reconstructed them and that's fine i mean she broke them they became taller she then reconstructed them into new kalim and the Chacham said to her, no, that is not going to work. We are stepping in. We are making a Gzera and saying that they go right back to the original Tumah that you had before. My time, how come? Because they're concerned that, you know, if everybody follows suit and everyone says, wow, that was actually a genius move. And then the next time something is Tameh, instead of waiting seven days and doing the Mechatas, they're going to just break it and reconstruct it. And then people are going to forget how to do the mechatas thing because um, no one's doing it anymore. We're just going to break their stuff. You know, it's, it's easier than waiting seven days. Wow, interesting. You know, the Torah says to wait seven days and everyone's already, you know, finding ways around it. Cool. So, Well, that makes sense, according to the Manda Amar, who says that the concept of Choser Lutuma Harishon is only by things that became Tame from Tuma Sames, right? So in those cases, we say, if you break it and put it back together, it's going to get back, go back to its initial Tuma because they want to preserve the tradition of sprinkling the Mechatas. But according to Manda Amru who says that this concept of Chosel Tuma Ayushana is by any kind of Tuma, so let's say you have a plate that became Tami by a Sheretz, so there's no Paraduma involved, so then I would think that I should be able to break that plate and reconstruct it. Right? There's no concern about Paraduma over here, you don't need Paraduma over here. So then, how come they made the Gzera of Chozel Tuma Yishana? So Abai says, because we're concerned that you're not going to break it properly. In order to break a plate and, amount, and, and, and for it to be taller, you have to break it to the size of a, so that a pomegranate can fit through. You have to make a hole big enough that a pomegranate can fit through. And Abai says, look, we're concerned that obviously people don't want to damage their 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 dishes right they don't want to damage things so they're going to do the minimum amount that it would be considered broken enough for it uh to you know not be tummy anymore and abai says look we're concerned that people aren't going to break it properly and uh it's going to retain its tuma therefore that's why um we made um the concept of by all tumas not just tumas hames Rava says that the concern is that people who see might think that you can just do Tvila Bas Yoma, right? Tvila on the same day. Meaning, meaning, meaning. If so, right, 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 right. Let's say you have some kind of, um, I don't know, metal clee, and that metal clee became Tame, okay? Right, that metal clee became Tame, and somebody sees that it became Tame, and then they see 
that, and we're not talking about Tumas Ames, we're talking about Tumas Sheretz or whatever. Then somebody sees that you're using that same cleat later on in the day. And it's like, what? Didn't that become Tame? And he's going to think, hmm, how, how come he's able to use it? And he's not going to conclude that, oh, he must have broke it and fixed it. He's going to say, oh, he must have put it in the mikvah and he didn't have to wait until the next day. He didn't have to wait until Harav Shemesh. He didn't have to wait till the next day in order to use it. You could just dunk it in the mikvah and use it immediately when it's, right, when it becomes Tame. And people are going to, are going to draw the wrong conclusions. So therefore we say that you can't use a kli, um, that you broke and then reconstructed. Even if it's not Tumas Ames. My benai, what's an afkamina between Abai and Rava? You can benai the diratsvinu muratsif. The afkamina is if you, if you break it up really, really good into a million pieces. Right? And, um, so there's two ways to understand this. Rashi prefers the way to say it, um, that, um, in terms of Shema Yikovenu Ika, so you still have to be concerned for Abaye's thing in that case, that, um, you know, maybe you're not going to, you know, break, you know, even though in this case, um, uh, he's grinding it up, but still, I guess it's a low plug, and we say that, you know, still you have to worry about not grinding it up enough. But in terms of, uh, Rava's concern that, um, you know, people might still Um, that, right, right, but Rav is concerned that people might not realize that you broke it and fixed it again. Well, that's not really relevant here because since you broke it up so much, you know, the, the Kli is not going to look the same. It's going to be obvious that you like broke it and put it back together. Okay. Fine. Very good. Okay. Very, very good. So I believe that now we're actually right because if we look at that Brysa that we started with on, what was it? You'd give them a base already. About the, um, you know, that where we said that we're going to start going through the 18 things between Basil, right, 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 from the loft. So it, it only listed 10 so far. So I think that now we're basically going to start going through the remaining ones. So, Ve'idach Mahi, what, so what is another example of one of these machloksin of Beishamai and Basil that we went like Beishamai, right? It's one of the Gezeras. So the Tnan, as we learn in the Mishnah, Maniach Kelim Tachas Atzinor Megishamim. Oh, so let's say you're constructing a mikvah, and you and in order to make a mikvah, so you need forty saa of rainwater. So you say, okay, it's cloudy out right now. Why don't I just put um, a bucket under this pipe right here, and I'll collect a whole bunch of rainwater. And then I'll dump it in the mikvah, and like this, I'll be able to add some rainwater to the mikvah. That's not going to work, because the water that you're collecting in the bucket is going to be maim shi'uvin, right? And you need, it wouldn't be considered rainwater, it would be collected water, and that would be puzzle in the mikvah. So, So somebody who puts um, 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 a bucket under a pipe, so that all the water from the, the rainwater from the pipe will go into the bucket. Whether it's big buckets, big kalim, or small kalim, right? You might think that if it's a small kli, then maybe it's insignificant, right? Um, but it doesn't matter. And even if it's a kli that's made out of stone or made out of earth, but not earthenware, but somehow made out of earth or made out of dung, Poslin esamikva, um, 
it's going to passel the mikvah because it will be considered maim shuvin. And echad amaniach veechad shocheach tivi beishamai. Beishamai says, and that applies both for when it's cloudy out and you put this bucket under the pipe and it starts raining and then you collect water that way in the bucket. Or if it was cloudy out, you put the bucket under the kli, un, under the pipe and then it, the clouds went away and it opened up. It didn't actually rain and you forgot about this bucket. And then it got cloudy again and rained. So that's shocheach, where you forgot it there. It makes no difference. The water that is collected in this bucket is going to passel the mikvah if you dump it in there. Basil say, yeah, by meniach, right, when he puts it there under the pipe when it's cloudy. So, so Basil agrees that, um, the water collected there is, is going to be maim shuven. And it's going to pass on the mikvah. But if he, if the um, sky cleared up and then he forgot about the bucket there, and then they, it started raining later, um, he would say that that would not be considered maim shuvin. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna explain why a little bit later. Um, but he says that it would not pass on the mikvah. Okay. Amr um, Meir nimnu viravu beshamei al beshelal. Meir says that then they did a count and there were more beshamei next darin than beshelal. And therefore, um, they paskin like base Shammai, that when you forget it there, it would passel the mikvah. Umodim base Shammai, and then, and then, um, I guess the Brisa continues, that base Shammai, however, admits and agrees with base Hillel, that b'shocheach b'chotzer, that if you didn't put the bucket under a pipe, but instead you put the bucket just in the middle of the, of the, um, of your courtyard, so it's not as obvious that you're doing it to collect rainwater. And maybe you just left it there, or forgot it there, whatever it is. Meaning when you put it under a pipe, so it's obvious that you're trying to collect water for some purpose. But if you just left it out and you forgot it, right? Right? That if, you know, maybe it got cloudy, you took a bucket, you put it in your courtyard, and um, you're going to collect rainwater for your mikvah. But then the... Um, Clouds went away, and you forgot it there, and then it rained later. So that um, that the rain that's collected in the bucket, you would be used because it's not as clear, it's not as obvious that you are um, doing it to collect the rainwater. Amr Biosi, Adain Machlokas Bimkomo Medes. Biosi says that it wasn't actually a majority uh, of Beishamai, and that we pass in like Beishamai, but actually. The machlokas still continues to this day, and because it's a machlokas between Beis Shammai and Hillel, we're actually going to paskin like Beis Hillel. Amr of Mesharsha, Devei Rav Amre. So now Rav Mesharsha uh, comes to explain the machlokas between Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai about this bucket under the um, pipe. And he's basically going to explain it like I've been explaining it, which is, Akomodim kshenicham b'shas kishur avim, Tameim. Everyone agrees that both Beishama and Basil agree that if you put the bucket under the pipe when it's very cloudy and it's about to rain, well then any water that collects in that bucket is going to pass to the mikvah. Bishas pizur avim tahorin. And if you put the bucket over there when it was uh, it was sunny out, well then it's not obvious that you put it there to collect the rainwater. So I guess if then it rains and um, 
and uh, it fills up with water, you would be able to use that water. Okay? The machlokas is only when he initially put the bucket there when it was cloudy, so it's clear that he was quickly putting the buckets under the, under the, the pipe so that he can be collecting the rainwater. But then the clouds went away, and he forgot to take it away, and then it rained. So Marsavar Betele Machshavto, Marsavar Lo Betele Machshavto. So according to Beis Hillel, Betele Machshavto, his initial, his initial um, um, Machshava, right? Right? Rashi, Ra- Rashi says in the first wide line of Rashi, Betele Machshavto, Daite, That when the clouds went away, his initial intention, his initial thought, which was collected to collect his rainwater from the pipes, went away because he said, oh, okay, it's not going to rain, and he forgot about this bucket. And therefore, um, the water that then collects in there afterwards, he would be able to use for the, for the mikvah. Whereas Beishami says, no, it's not considered like his initial intention was uh, betela, became null, and therefore um, it would still be considered like he collected this water and it would passel the mikvah. And then the Gemara ends with the question, now, according to Abiyosi, who says that the machlokas between Beisham and Beisil still stands, and therefore we're actually going to pass in like Beis Hillel, well then, we're, then it's no longer 18 things, 18 gazeros that we pass in like Beisham. Because in this one, we're actually going to say like Beis Hillel, so it's only 17. Right? So, so, we're, 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 we're missing one. So, Amr, Rav Nachman, Bar Yitzchak, Oh, so also it's it, this is a, the first mishnah of one of the prakim in, in Masech Nida. Uh, it's called Benos Kusim, and it says that um, that the girls of the Kutim, who we've talked about in the past, right? Those are those um, people who converted to Judaism just because they were scared of getting eaten by lions. That was a story from Malachim. So the they're like sort of these semi Jews, right? They kind of they were they they converted to Judaism, but they also also hedged their bets by also doing a vodazara. So certain things, certain mitzvahs they were makbanan, certain mitzvahs they weren't. So when it comes to nida, um, they are considered right, right, right. They don't assume. We assume that a already from the time that a a, a girl is born, she could theoretically see dam, and that dam would make her a nida. Um, same thing for a boy, if he could theoretically see um, zera, if I remember correctly. I think that's what they had said. It can be balkari already from the day that he's born. So, 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 so. However, the kutim uh, did not uh, hold by that halacha, and therefore, since they don't hold that halacha, theoretically. Um, a Kuti girl, when she's born, can see Damnida, and they wouldn't be mocked to make sure that this girl doesn't touch Tyros or anything like that. Um, and therefore, um, they're considered Nidos Me'ari Sasan from when they're in their cribs. That Gezera was made on that day as well. And that, so even according to Rabiosi, if you have to get rid of this mikvah thing, well, you can swap it for this Benos Kusim Nidos Me'ari Sasan. Okay. Cool. And with that, we'll end. That was the Aftes Zayin of Masech the Shabbos. Um, yeah, moving forward on our Tuma and Tara stuff, we delved deeper into that Brisa with uh, the Zugos. And uh, looking forward to chilling with y'all tomorrow. Peace out.